Welcome to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Nancy Picard. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. So, Nancy, where did you grow up? I grew up in Buffalo, New York. And what was it that, what is it about fear that makes you want to help people eradicate it in their lives? I think that people think that you have to get into a fearless state before you can move forward. And that's just not going to happen. That's never going to happen. So I try to help my clients take fear by the hand and move forward in faith that everything is going to work out exactly as it's supposed to. If you fail, there are lessons and gifts in that. And if you win, then there are lessons and gifts in that. And you would just have to get out of your comfort zone and you can't wait for fear to go away. It's never going to go away. What was it, what was the most fearful thing you had to overcome in your life? Well, you know, I was married for 26 years and when my husband wanted out of my marriage, I didn't see it coming. I had no idea how I would manage without him. It's just was not part of the picture that I planned for myself. So reinventing myself and getting back out in the world like that was definitely a fearful uh, state for me. But honestly, since I've written my book and I'm on podcasts and I've got courses and all the things that I'm doing are always me stepping outside my comfort zone and knowing that the growth is on the other side. So I am going to be, you know, the name of my book is Bigger, Better, Braver. And I am going to be bigger and better when I'm braver and I step outside my comfort zone and get to the other side, I'm always going to welcome that. That's always going to be a challenge that I'm up for. What was it like growing up in Buffalo, uh, New York? Well, I didn't know any other place. So even though it was freezing and there was a lot of snow, Buffalo is actually a really great place to grow up. You know, it's really nice people. Um, very middle class and where I was, very down to earth people, everyone helping each other. And so it was a nice place to grow up. I mean, I, I, I loved growing up there. We Did actually you? just sold our home for the first time. My, my mother just died, my father died two years ago. So for the first time in my life, I'm not actually gonna be probably going back to Buffalo after this. Did you have any bruises from childhood that you had to overcome, like especially emotional bruises? I had a really great childhood. Um, Everybody has shadow beliefs from their childhood. Everybody has disempowering beliefs from their childhood that keep them stuck and keep them back. But I did not have, um, I had a great childhood. So if you'd asked me this question, before I got into this work, I would have said no, 
But when I was five years old, I put myself on fire playing with a lighter and I almost died. I didn't. And, but my inner child made a belief that I wasn't safe alone. So I spent my entire life believing subconsciously that I wasn't safe alone. And it wasn't until I uncovered that in my 50s that I actually learned that I, of course, I was safe alone. You know, I'm a responsible, confident, competent adult, and I could be safe alone. So, you know, shadow beliefs, they rule our childhood. They rule, they rule our operating systems and they're, they're formed to keep us safe and they do keep us safe as children, but eventually they just keep us small. Um, I, I, I have to say that I didn't have a lot of outward wounds that I, that I knew about. I could say that. In your fifties, you realized that you were fearful to be alone. What was it that precipitated you want, well, recognizing it and wanting to do something about it? Well, I got divorced. So there I was, right? The universe brought me that. Now I was alone. And I was about 48. And at the time, oh my God, I have to fix this picture. You know, I have to get another man and I have to be back in a relationship and I have to just make that whole picture work. And then uh, I went along like that for years. And then I was actually in a car accident. And so basically it was the next time in my life I almost died. And I did, I worked, I was working with a shadow coach, which is what I am. And we did a session around the car accident because I had PTSD. And she said, you know, there's something in your subpersonality that really wants to come out or is upset about this whole thing. And that's when it came out that there, there was this little girl inside of me that was telling me I wasn't safe alone. And I felt like I was having an exorcism. I had no idea that that little girl was inside me, but it made so much sense when we did the work around it that of course that makes sense that a five-year-old little girl who puts herself on fire would not think she was safe alone. But so it did keep me safe. I always had partners. I always had friends. I'm very social. I was never alone. It kept me safe until it stopped because had I not had that belief, I would have been much more comfortable as an adult being on my own than I was. So it actually sabotaged me once it, you know, once I was an adult. How would you define shadow beliefs to that, to our audience? Shadow beliefs are beliefs that were birthed in the first 10 years of your life. Something happens and you're not emotionally mature enough to understand it. You could be one, you could be six months, you could be five years old. Something happens, it's emotionally triggered, and you make a belief around about yourself or the world. I'm not good enough, I'm broken, my voice doesn't matter, I need to stay quiet, I need to be small to be safe, I need to be perfect to be loved. These are all examples of shadow beliefs that come out of our childhood and you know, a little child stands up in class and speaks and stutters 
and everybody in the classroom laughs at him. He makes a belief that I'm stupid or I need to stay quiet to be safe. And he's not aware of it, but it gets buried in the subconscious and it actually plays out over and over and over again his whole life. Those are shadow beliefs. They're in our, the shadows of our, of our consciousness. We're not aware of them. But when you bring, and they're, and they're generally disempowering. And when you bring them to the light, when you do work around them and figure out what your beliefs are, you then can rewrite them. Oh, I am safe alone. Oh, my voice does matter. My needs do matter. I don't need to be perfect to be loved. I am worthy. All of these things, you can then give yourself a new empowering belief that's going to support your adult life instead of hold you back. So it sounds like it doesn't matter what really somebody says to us or what happens to us is what we say to ourselves in response to those things. Yes. And we don't even say them consciously. They're in our subconscious. I'm unworthy or I'm stupid or I'm broken or I need to be perfect to be loved or I need to control everything to be safe. We're not saying that out loud. It's inside. It's our wounded child that is saying that. I believe the most powerful thing within us is the true us, the true sense of us. I've said this before, but I heard this rapper named KRS-One, and he was doing an interview. He often lectures at colleges and just various places, but he gave an illustration. He said that he, uh, he was at a college and he said, Say he held up a can that says rock star was printed on the can and he told everyone, he said, say out loud rock star and everyone said it. He said, say it again. And everyone said it in concert rock star. And he said, say it one more time. But this time, I don't want you to say it aloud, but I want you to say it within your being. And everybody said it to themselves without opening their mouths. And he said, now. You said rock star, but with what mouth did you use? But yet you spoke it. And what ears did you use to hear it? But yet you heard yourself say rock star. And that part within us is the catalyst that takes those belief system, take those words and create a physical thing, a physical uh, interaction that we might have, a physical circumstances, stark circumstance that we may have, because it's the true self. It's the true self. And that's the most powerful thing we have is their inner being, but we're not consciously aware of it. And we don't utilize it as we should, just like we sleep, but yet we can see with our eyes closed. And we don't realize how powerful that world is everything starts from that inner world that inner being the unseen becomes seen everything that we see in the world that was created the tv the couch you're sitting on the curtains was first inside of someone a thought a process and then it was manifested outside i agree with what you're saying 
So can anyone have shadow beliefs? They can break through those shadow beliefs? Help people uncover those very beliefs, see where they came from, see how they were formed, see how they helped them, and then see what they're costing them and what they've been costing them and help them rewrite that message and then print a new, healthy, empowering message in your adult consciousness. Once you bring it out of the subconscious, you can change it, but you have to know to do that and how to do that to even get it out to make the changes. And it's not a one and done. You can have the same belief. You know, I talk in terms of shadow beliefs and underlying commitments. So the underlying commitment is the promise that you make to yourself to keep your belief alive. For example, if my belief was that I was not safe alone, my unconscious commitment to myself was to never be alone. You know, if, you're, if your belief is that you're, you will only be loved if you're perfect, your promise to yourself is to strive for perfection. So your underlying commitments are, are when you say you want one thing and you're actually getting another, you know, I say I want to be in a long-term relationship, but what I'm experiencing is protecting my heart. So that means that I say I want one thing, but really what I'm more committed to, my first commitment is keeping my heart safe. So when you just say to yourself, I say I want a new job, or I say I want a raise, or I say I want whatever, but what I'm experiencing is X, well, X is the thing that you're really committed to. And you need to uncover what that is so that you can change it so you're actually going to start to get what it is you say you want. It sounds like a living prison to be in a space where you don't want to be alone. And you're saying things to yourself to just torture yourself because you're constantly searching not to be someplace. But our subconscious mind, it works with what we place in front of us. Think you can, think you can't. Either way, you write is the quote. So what we are constantly having, you know, what we constantly have in our, the story that we're telling ourselves, the, you know, with the unconscious story we're telling ourselves, and most of it is fear-based. Yes, that's the prison. The prison is your fear and giving into your fear and not and not believing that you're safe to move beyond your fear or thinking that you're just a fearful person and you just you're stuck. You just can't move. You're paralyzed. And that's the prison as far as I'm concerned. Giving into your fears is the prison. Learning to move beyond your fears. And have faith that everything is going to happen for the evolution of your soul, win or lose, it's what's supposed to be happening, is, is how you get out of prison. You can't get out of prison when you don't even know you're in prison. True. So how can people, you know, find out 
the space that they're in, if they're so entwined with this world they're in, how can they get out of it? Do they have to pretty much wait until life happens and kind of force them? Or is it another way? Well, when, when, when I work with clients, they generally know they're stuck. You know, okay. they're, they're, they're aware that they're not getting where they want to be. They're not as happy as they want to be. They don't have a job they want, relationship they want. Life is not working the way they want. Or something horrible happens. They lose a loved one and they can't move on. They, one way or another, they know they're stuck or they know they need support. What they don't know is that they have these beliefs that are actually what's keeping them stuck. They're not aware of that. So they come to me because they're, they're stuck or they're unhappy or they are fearful, but they don't realize that once they uncover those beliefs, everything can change for them. Everything will open up for them. Do you have a testimonial of someone you've helped that who was in a bad space and who may have not thought they could have gotten out of that space? You don't have to oh, mention yeah. names or anything. Yeah, most of, most of my clients. I've had... I've had people from, you know, 50 or 60 year old women who have never been on their own. And all of a sudden they find themselves out there on their own and they can't even go to a restaurant alone. I have CEOs who have been very successful, Fortune 500, and they want, they're not happy in their job, but they're afraid to leave the job because that's how they're defined by that. They're defined by who they are and how people look at them and how much money they're making but they're miserable and they don't realize that there are choices and they can get unstuck by making changes. All you have to do is go on my website. I have a ton of tests because everybody who is brave enough to do the work comes out the other side feeling so empowered and there's movement regardless. Like my book is called Bigger, Better, Braver. Conquer your fears, embrace your courage, and transform your life. And bigger, better, braver can mean anything. You know, for me, when I was 61 years old, I climbed Kilimanjaro. That was a bigger, better, braver move on my part. But, every, you know, bigger, better, braver could be getting out of a relationship. It could be getting in a relationship. It could be changing a job. It could be starting a job. It could be public speaking. I mean, whatever it is that somebody comes to me for, that's their version of bigger, better, braver. They want to lose 50 pounds. They want to, you know, they're, they're estranged from a parent or a child and they want, they want to heal that. All of these things are people's versions of their bigger, better, braver. It's different for every person. What did your family say about you climbing Kilimanjaro? Um, well, I have grown sons and daughter-in-laws, and then I actually, at the time, I had parents. Uh, I think they thought it was great. You know, I, mean, I don't think my parents were quite as aware of really what it um, you know, entailed and how high it was or anything like that until I came back. But I think my sons and my daughter-in-laws, you know, they thought I rocked it. They, they, uh, uh, living bigger, better, and braver is something that we all embrace. 
my sons and I all embraced that. And so I think that they were proud of me. Nobody was worried about it. I'm surprised. I would think some people would have fears that they, you know, about the situation. But it's amazing that your family is, you know, not in that space, or at least the people, you know, who knew you were climbing. Yeah, no, I, I fear, fear was fear never came up for, oh, I don't think you should do that, or you're going to go alone, nothing. It was, this was my journey. Nobody put any negative, negative thoughts into it. Where can people find your book? You mentioned Bigger, Better, Braver. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes and Nobles. It's on my website. It's basically anywhere books are sold. All the online, um, every online bookseller has my book. And it became an international bestseller on the first day it came out, which was pretty amazing. And it's also in audio, which I love. And that was actually me also being bigger, better, braver. I'd never done anything like that before. And um, that was a big, big thing for me. So I love that version of it because it's actually, it's me. You know, you're hearing me talk to you with my Buffalo accent. What was it about the audio that um, I guess you were had to overcome to do it? Um, well, I think that um, I have an accent. I think that I was afraid it wouldn't sound right or my voice wouldn't be right. There are definitely words that I have trouble saying. Like I can remember that regularly was a word that like just didn't fly off my my voice or some sentences would have um, perfection. It would have like three P's in a row. It's just, you'd be surprised that it's hard to make an audio, um, you know, couple hundred page book come out the way you want it to come out. So it was a big undertaking for me. So do you have any social media platforms that you I do. Yeah. I'm big on um, uh, Nancy Picard Life Coach is my Facebook. It's my Instagram. I'm on um, Clubhouse. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. What's your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? Uh, I think I think Juice is in the journey. It's not in the destination. So you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you have to step outside your comfort zone. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.